Yo, people. Before we start today's episode, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors for this season, Watchbox UK. Based down in Hatton Gardens, they're leading the way in supplying you with the best prices for buying, selling and sourcing top-of-the-range watches and high-quality jewels. Head over to their Instagram, the link will be in the bio, and make sure to like, comment and subscribe. Please enjoy the episode. Yes, people, and we're back with another episode of On The Judy, and today's guest is a man that scored in all English football leagues from League 2, League 1, Champ and the Prem, Jason Punchin. What's happening, man? Nah, man, it's good to see you, man. It's been a long time coming, so... Yeah. Nah, we've been trying to get you on for like, nearly a year, bro, but we're here now. We'll, we'll um, hide the location for now, then we'll explain, explain your story and explain why you're here and stuff. Um, do you know, I get gassed speaking to another South London man because I feel like I tried to play football and you're like a, a version of me that's made it. So, like, I live kind of like my football career through you. What was it like growing up in, in Croydon and stuff? It was difficult. It was testing times. I think as a young footballer, when you're growing up in the ghetto, you've got friends, you're surrounded by probably all the things that doesn't point you to a football pitch. But, you know, you've always got a dream. And yeah. You've got to chase that dream. And that's what I felt like I'd done. What was school like? Do you know what? School was, it was weird in school. In like, I originally went to Rockmount, which is in Crystal Palace. So I went to that school. And then my mum was like, you ain't going secondary school around here. So she <laughs> sent me to school in West Wickham, okay. which was like an hour away from nice my house. Part. So she used to have to drop me to Annalee. Then I used to have to go there to get to the, to get the, the bus to get to school. So school was different, uh, probably two different school ways that I grew up as such. Okay, so where did the love of football come? Because I've, we were to- I, was t- I was told not to mention this stuff, but like summer ball, mm. Palace Dome, mm. goals and stuff. How did you become so good? Like, where did the love come from? You know what? Love of football come from. I used to live in a place called Rockmount Road. And the bottom of my road used to be a park, Central Park. And every Saturday, probably 50, 60 kids used to go there and play football. Used to go there. And then I had my friend who's a white boy, Sammy. Big up Sammy if you can see this. (laughs) I hadn't seen him for years. His mum used to look after me as a kid. He used to play football for a Sunday team called Melwood. Okay, yeah. Bradley Ratphillips played in it. Carol Ratphillips played in it. And Sean used to come now and again. And they took me one time, but they was a year above me. So they took me. And then literally, I'd probably say from that, that's where I really kicked on. I must have been, I think I was seven, I started playing with them. They was like eight. So seven, they might have been eight, nine yeah. years of age. And I went with them one time and I never looked back and just carried on playing football from there. Wow, decent, decent. I feel like you need that, that environment to understand what a team is and like team sports and stuff like that. Um, when did you realise that like, I'll run up to mum and dad and say, like, I want to be a footballer. What? How old were you? I think when I started to go and play football with them and, like, you're not being funny, imagine being a kid and you're seeing Bradley Wright Phillips and Sean Wright Phillips and Carol Wright Phillips and people are stopping them making a commotion about them because of who their dad <laughs> yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that's when you realise. I think a lot of it started to stem when you start to play because you start to realise, you know what, I'm playing against these players I'm actually as good as them, if yeah. not better than them. And you start to realise the level maybe you can be or the level you're at at that moment. Did you understand who their dad was? Of course. I was an Ian Wright fan. <laughs> I supported Crystal Palace because okay, of Ian Wright. Yes, and then he yes. left to go Arsenal. I support Arsenal. Six, six, so six. Of course. Yeah. Man, that's mad because not a lot of people have that. Like, or if they do, mm. I think they struggle to keep up with the, the same support they have. So Bradley and Sean will have untold amount of support from, from Bradley. I mean, from Ian. I'll call him Uncle Ian. 
and the other kids who are their friends will be like, oh, like I want to do this, but my mum can't, my mum's got to work and stuff like that. So it's good that you went from there, idolising them, to thinking, right, I'm as good as them, and then Yeah, making of it. course, because you idolise them, it's like it was... Even my dad, my dad never really... My dad wasn't really a football man. It's only when I started to play football, he started to really get into it. Yeah. So it wasn't a thing of like, you're three, four, your dad's saying, going to play football. It's only after a while they started to realise, you know, our son's actually good at football and they started to pursue it and push it, you know. But there is some kids out there that are, are born into football. They're sports people. They get that extra push. But I also feel when you're a, kid, a young kid, it's just about enjoying football. Yeah. Playing football with a smile on your face, whether you're playing at Arsenal, Crystal Palace, or you're playing Sunday football. Because you're not going to be, you're not made a professional football at 7, 8, 9, 10, 13, 14, 15 years of age. You could not play academy football till you're 21. Yeah. And then you could make it. 100%. And... I feel like there's a lot of parents these days that are taking their seven, eight-year-olds all over London, like Arsenal and week, Chelsea another day. And when do they, when do they grow up? When do they have fun? Because I always believe that to make it, you've got to have fun because you're always going to play your best. If you're stressed, you're never going to play well. Yeah, I think the kid, like, every one's circumstances is different. Is For me, I always believe that I used to love football when I used to go have a smile on my face. I'll tell you a story. I went to Chelsea. It used to take my mum an hour and 45 minutes to get there because we was in South London and we used to go, had to go all the way to West London, which was Heathrow by the training ground yeah, yeah. in traffic. My mum used to work. I used to have to maybe get a bus to Streatham to go and meet my mum from work. Then my mum would take me from there. It was stress for my mum, mm. you know, and I could see that stress was stressing her. And then I would be stressing the car. And then you go to football, stressing the car, and then you're not performing the best that you can. The best thing that I can say that from in my instance and what I also felt as a kid is, is going somewhere you're happy. Play with a smile on your yeah, face. That's... You can never be, even in professional football, is a young kid, the worst thing you can do is make them feel like it's a chore. Let them feel this enjoyment. Right, so I feel like, I'm not to diss the way football is at the minute because it's producing some amazing talent. Some go off like different countries and shine on, but it's just a bit robotic. And then there are some parents that take their good kids out of that system just so they can have fun again and be kids. But yeah, I think it's natural. I think the world's changed. Social media, the the influence of that, of personal trainers on social media, of players showing this on that, all these nah. type of things you've got in front of your eyes now, changes the dynamics. But fundamentally, uh, whatever level you play, if you cannot play with a smile on your face or going there happier, feeling good about your environment, you're <laughs> never going to reach the level you could. Nah, I fully understand that. And that's a, that's one gem we're going to count. We're going to count them. We're going to count. That's, that's the first one. Um... I think the fir first pro club I heard you, you signed for Wimbledon. No. No? Crystal Palace. Crystal, so, so you signed funny. Crystal Palace. Okay. So it's funny. I, I'll never forget this day. Um, Stevie Kemba as well. He was a good coach. <laughs> My mum, it's funny because I, I had a good affili affiliation with Palace from Long. My nan used to live on Clifton Road. Okay. My mum used to work at Crystal Palace. So he was... Then we played a game. It was... Bradley and Sean had left by then, actually. Yeah, they, they had left. Same team, Melwood. We played against Crystal Palace's under 11s at the time and we beat them 8-0 and Ron Nodes come in and signed all I think 13 <laughs> of our players all 13 but the first day for some reason because I was a bit of a like I wasn't a shy kid yeah so if I was walking when I walked past the first thing because it was at two in the Mitchum's ground that's where the Crystal Palace oh, was okay, yeah, yeah. and Stephen Kemba Clinton Morrison was there this day they was playing head tennis it was like under 20 under 18s or 21s yeah. playing head tennis and it was like, back then you could have a bit more banter with first team people. Stevie Kemba and Clinton was like, do you want to play little man? I was like, yeah, come on in. So I ran over, started playing head tennis with them as a kid. And I'll never forget, I remember it to, to this day. 
playing head tennis and that, that made my day. And then I've sort of never looked back really from that. Okay, shock it was Clinton that invited you around. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when did, when did you leave Palace to go Wimbledon? So I left, no, I left Palace. So I was, I left Palace at, signed at seven. I left there at 10 to go Chelsea. And then I left, I went to Chelsea from I was 10 till I was 13, nearly 14. Okay. But it was, it was, Chelsea was a difficult time because my mum had just had my, just had my brother. Yeah. Just had my sister. So she had two oh, young kids. Oh, that's when she's doing the... Two young kids under the age of four, plus me. And it become, it, it did become difficult and also become, I didn't like it. I wasn't enjoying it. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and it become like I was playing a game here, not playing a game there. Not necessarily because I wasn't good enough, just because of the fact that I wasn't actually able to get there. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was difficult yeah. for my parents. My dad worked nine to five. My dad couldn't change his role. He was a, he was a builder, so it was difficult. So then I left there. It was I used to play for Paul Elliott Football Academy as well. Who's that? Paul Elliott Football okay, Academy. Okay. I'm not sure if he's still going, you know. It's funny that Paul Elliott is a good guy as well. And they took me to Wimbledon. I went to Wimbledon, actually. And do you know what the maddest thing is? Going to Wimbledon, they're playing at Sellers Park. Yeah. So you still got that. Still got the affiliation <laughs> with the South London. Still was that, that was after Crazy Gang. So this is like... No, same Crazy Gang. So I'll... Who, I was is, a, who is that from the crazy I was a kid at that time. Okay, okay. Dean Holes, they was in the Premier League at that time when I went there. Dean Holesworth, they still had uh, Kelvin Davis. I know Kelvin from, from my time at Southampton. Uh, Kenny Cunningham was there. Uh, you know, when I think crazy guy, I'm thinking of the old... John Hartson might have still been there. I was a young kid at this time, okay, so okay. I wasn't really in the first team. So they were still there. Put, yeah, John Hartson was there because it was the time when they burnt his suit, I remember. Yeah, it was the John Hartson <laughs> Yeah, I heard suit. their banter was... Yeah, yeah. Was but that's crazy. where I learned my banter from football at Wimbledon. Okay. Um, so when you're telling people, I play for Wimbledon, and everyone knows they're playing at Sellers Park, is that like a, I got a big head, like I'm walking around like I'm the man kind of thing? No, I looked at Wimbledon at the time that I went there because I, I think I was 14 and I had the option to go Wimbledon, Manchester and Liverpool. No, Blackburn and Liverpool. You're not leaving London. Right. And I'll never forget it. My mum was like, you need to go. I was like, no, no, no. Because I was a kid. I used to love my friends and yeah, be around yeah, yeah. family. And you look back in hindsight and say, did you make the wrong decision? But I don't think I did because nah. it, being in London and avoiding all the things you can avoid to become a professional footballer we'll get taught to me that. so much. <laughs> we'll get to that. So that, 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 uh, I would never look back at it. And Wimbledon was a fantastic club, family club in terms of the people that looked after you. And then in the dressing room around the place, people taught you how to be men. But you need that. Yeah. You need that. A lot of young players need it. I don't feel like there's enough of it. I feel like, like you say, everyone's on big money. So they're like, who can really tell them something? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think football, I've been in football a long time and it has completely changed. Like you couldn't, like just example, you couldn't come in a first team training session at Wimbledon and not be at the races. <laughs> you couldn't not be running around or trying to do yeah. the best way you can. Because if you was... Senior players, or older players, they're going to let you have it. And That's... I feel that football's changed and it's, you're a bit more moddy coddled, you're a bit more putting your arms around people. Yeah. And I want me on the pitch, you can't put your arm around no one. You've got 90 minutes to win a football game. Facts. Facts. And a lot of people have forgotten that. But I've got a stat for you, or a fact. You are probably, or you are, the most successful player to play in that last Wimbledon team before they become MK Duns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You've gone on and yeah. played Prem and played yeah. and gone and got promotions. I think me, like I think that. I think it might have been me, Nigel. Nigel went to West Ham from there, from that one. Yeah, but before, just before, like Nigel went and you stayed on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, 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 you, yeah. You take the, you take the crown. Own it, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I take it. I take it. I always, I just think back to those times of those people that, 
And I also think that football's changed so much now is, is when I was coming through at Wimbledon, senior players helped me so much. Yes. So, so, so much in the, the guidance in what not to do, what to do. Come on, punch, you need to do this. That Try and help me so much. That's why I always feel that when I'm Southampton, Crystal Palace, I'd always try and help the young kids even now. I think it's, it's so, so vital. Well, that's good. So let me just jump a little bit. You had Wilf and Bellas in your team. Yeah. Obviously, we'll get, to, we'll get to the Palace bit, but when you see two talented wingers who just want to do skills and just terrify defenders, what do you say to them? How do you keep them level? How do you keep them grounded? I think it's weird because I saw, it's, it's weird, I saw Balassi and Wilf at two different stages of their career. Balassi, when I first come to Palace, he was still that, he's, he's a rough diamond player, yeah. naturally. Still that rough diamond Always thought it was about beating people, not that sort of end product. And then it's like, he come back one season, he's like, right, I'm going to get myself goals, going to get myself assist. It's like he grew up. And then it's like, when Wilf come, you could see, like, Balassi's my friend, love him to yeah. pieces, right? But you could see Wilf has more in his tank than Balassi. But at that present moment in time, Balassi knew how to affect a Premier League game, how to do the right things, how to do it in the right way. And then it's Wilf's grown slowly, slowly in years and years afterwards at Palace, he started to become the player that he is today. That's good. That's sick. I bet you, as a Palace fan, you're happy for someone like that, like to be Mr. Palace. For me, the biggest thing for them for them was is when we played in the FA Cup final because people always used to complain, oh, maybe they're not running back or maybe they're losing the ball doing this. And I've never seen two kids, the first thing before we even started this the game, they said, all I care about is doing my defending job today. Sick. And that showed me how much they had both grown up yeah, so yeah. much because they would have never thought like that in the first place. And then it got to that and Blassie was like, listen, I'm making sure that he <laughs> does not go past me today. I'm not worried about what I do. Make sure that happens and we can win the game. Wow, sick, sick. Brilliant. Like I said, we'll get to, we'll get to all of that FA Cup yeah. stuff because that's a game I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, think back to becoming MK Dons. Yeah. Am I right in saying you went over with Wimbledon? Yeah, so it was weird because Pete Winkleman, lovely guy again, um, looked after me, took me on like a almost like a, a second son let me live in his house when we, we relocated. It was weird. He took over at Wimbledon because it was in liquidation. Yeah. In, I think maybe it was a January or, oh, no, maybe a September in the middle of a season. And then the next season, he was like, right. So in the, in the middle of that season, while it was still Wimbledon, we started playing at MK Dons. So we felt there was something going to happen. Yeah. So then we literally in the, one July they just come in and said right we're moving to MK Dons and we're, we're moving to Milton Keynes and we're naming it MK Dons and everyone's like wow what's going on here <laughs> so it was it was it was tough but again when you look at at the time where Wimbledon was at the club was only going to go one way it was yeah. going to go under and he saved it it's hard for the Wimbledon fans to yeah. accept and they've built their own club now and fair play to them and hopefully that you know, they, they can get themselves back where they should be. How, how did you find the commute? Because like you say, you're a South Londoner. I, I was never... No, I, I, I used to live there. I used to live up there, yeah? Yeah, so I used to live in Pete Winkleman's house. He used to live at the back of his house. Good, <laughs> funny guy, Pete. Lovely, <laughs> lovely guy. He used to live... He's, 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 um, his son, his daughter, his wife. They used to, so I used to live at the top. So he used to have a big, like, it's like almost like a castle. Yeah, yeah. Like a big castle. And then at the top of it, he's got like a like an outhouse. Yeah. So I used to live up there. Just live up there. He's called me, Jason, come down, get your dinner. I just sit and have dinner with his family okay, every day. So he looked like a, after me properly. It's like a digs then. And it was almost like, there is like, again, like that family feel. I felt like I had a family there. So, you know, and I'm still in contact with them now. I still speak to them, Bobby, now and again. I don't, I speak to Pete maybe every so often, yeah. but lovely people. Nah, it's good, man. 
after MK, someone told me, because obviously this is like a big ep for me. Yeah. Someone told me you done a, you had like a six month break where you, you weren't really feeling football. I was out of football. A year break it was. Oh, all right, a year then. He, he, oh, no, he, it was six, yeah, six months. I left there in December and Pete was fighting, fighting, fighting for me to come back and the manager at the time, you know, you don't realise as a young kid you're making some mistakes. Yeah, and I yeah. made some mistakes. Like I was like I was playing with the first team, was doing really good, and I almost felt like I was obliged to play. Yeah. But he was holding me back. Which I think he was at the time, I'll be honest. I think he was holding me back. And didn't really some things went left and right. Maybe I might have turned up late. Just like little things you make as a kid. How can you turn up late if you're living in a because I started to go, I, I was staying there, and then once I was thinking, why am I staying here? Because I'm not getting, there's no reward for this. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So I started to go back, get the train back. Just little, little stupid mistakes you make as a kid. And then it got to a point where he was like, right, we're not going to give you a contract end of the season, you can leave. So I was like, all right, so I've got six months left. Pete was like, no, 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 no. So then it came to a heat that I was going. And Pete tried to get me to go to Rushton Diamonds. Tried to, he tried to do, help me a lot. So I stopped, it was six months actually, stopped playing for six months, up to all sorts. Just getting your, you know, I'm back in ends, doing a whole heap of foolishness. And to be fair, it was Nabil. And when you see somebody that's your friend that comes from the same walk of life, yeah, they're yeah. from the street. They turn around to you and say to you, right, I'm giving up everything. I'm not being involved in the street. I'm not doing nothing. I'm going to be an agent. That's like, I'm learning from you saying, right. I'm watching your behavior and saying, I need to do what this guy's doing. And Facts. literally from that day, like he took me Barnet, we just literally been, it's my brother, it's my brother. Uh, you need people. I don't feel like there's enough. Like, I don't know how much you know about the new gen in London. It's just, mm. it's, the, the structure's all gone. Like, I get you can be street kids, yeah. but now it's dog eat dog. Everyone's, no, no one's scared of no one. Yeah. Everyone goes after everyone. And like when we were growing up, if you was focused on football, you the older lot would be like, nah, you're not, you're not doing what we're doing. You go and play football. Yeah, yeah. Did you yeah. go football? Did you go school? Take go like they'll look after you. Whereas yeah. now, I don't think that really exists anymore. No, I don't think it. I don't really know, but because I've been out of the loop for so long. But I would say that all my older friends, they, they, all my older friends, they would, they would make sure and say, no, nah, you're going football. You're going to do your thing. Yeah. Don't do this. Don't do that. You're, yeah. you're, you're going football. So I give my friends my credit. They always had my back there. But, you know, when you're eggs up you, you'd be like, nah, I want to go where the man is yeah, going. Yeah. I want to go where they're going. I want to yeah, do yeah. what they're doing. I can still that's, do that and football, that's, yeah. That was kind of my mentality as growing up. It's exciting, though, because mm. I grew up similar. Like, I could have done football, but I'm choosing to go out to a Shubs and, yeah. and do all of this. Like, it's exciting, like, getting chased by police. When I was at Barnet, <laughs> so we used to be at Barnet, yeah? And I'll never forget Barnet. We used to go to ministry on a Friday. Yeah. Go ministry on a Friday. So go ministry on Friday. And then we'll go football in the morning, Saturday. So come back ministry on six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning. And you go straight to, straight to the game. This is League Two. League Two. Straight to the game. And still performing. They're still performing. Who knows that? Well, now that everyone knows, but ah, who but knew at the time? Just saying that like, you realize when you're young, when you're doing things. Actually, Karu played with me. He used to come with me. He's Maybe. from ENDS. Ashley's from ENDS. So you see, that, that's just like. When you realise and you think to yourself, the mad things you used to do, like I couldn't even fathom now at this age, even going out late three to four days before yeah, the game. But yeah. back then when you're young, you've got full of energy, you're thinking like, yeah, this is the right thing, you're doing this, doing that. It's like, you're, it's crazy, but you realise the trials and tribulations you go through to get to yeah, where you want you, to go. You know, I, in, for me, I feel like life, you've got to make 
the mistakes. Some yes. some are detrimental, like it can ruin your life, but some you learn from. Yeah. And like that like you said, now nah, now you couldn't dream of going out yeah. two days before a game. But yeah. yeah. No, I think you ha- I think in any walk of life in football as well, you have to make the mistakes to learn from them. Yeah. Like there's no there's no perfect world in any walk of life. And people think that footballers live a perfect life. We don't. It's human there is the mistakes. Day, there is mistakes yeah. and the higher you go, the more magnified it is. Yeah. But you need to make these mistakes in order to learn for yourself. Facts. Um, Ministry of the Spot, though. What's the other one? The other one that was in Vauxhall. They shut down now. They shut down. They um, shut down. But that was that's probably, before your time. Yeah, man. but I, Ministry of the Spot, before my your time. time. Yeah, man, <laughs> but I know that was the spot. Is yeah. <laughs> Coliseum. 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 Yeah, way before your time. <laughs> way before your time. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. But I can imagine. What did we have? We had like citizens and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Citizens. What's the other place? AC1 club. And, yeah. And then that. this is before we go uptown. Yeah, before uptown's you go uptown. Uptown's a different game. Yeah, uptown different. This different, is just different. local. Yeah, uptown's completely <laughs> I know you different. know When you go Browns game. and all these times. <laughs> like faces is, on a Sunday. Yeah, faces on a Sunday. <laughs> but yeah, faces on a Sunday used to be good. But of course it was good. There was nothing better than Browns. Where was Browns? Browns was, um, ah, what's that bridge that you go over and it's just to the right, man? I forgot the, I'm bad with places in London where it is. But... You've been out the loop for a while. Yeah, I've been a long time. I forgot where it, where it is, you know, it's the, it is the back of, what's it, mate? Anyway, don't worry about yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. you shut it down anyway, yeah. a few times, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> um, would you say Barnet? So you've got Nabil taking you to Barnet was a saving grace for you. Because if you didn't have Barnet, if you didn't have the option of Barnet, you might not, obviously you didn't take it serious, but you still took it. Well, you, people don't understand that. Like, that's my, Nabil is like my brother. Like, we, I used to stay in his mum's house. <laughs> I used to live in his mum's house, live on the sofa. I used to leave, we used to leave his house, say 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. He used to drive me to training. Under, was that Underhill times? This is Underhill, but yeah. this time we was training uh, Potter's Bar we was training okay okay and Bill used to take me training that's the top of that that showed his dedication that he had to me as a friend he used to take me training sick sick so for three four months he used to take me training and then once I got the contract and I started to find my feet he was like alright boom and I used to, then I used to get the train from Sellers because he used to get to get a train straight from um, actually it was um, Loughborough get a straight, train, train straight all the way up there so he used to get the train but it was like I remember Barnet we was playing, I'll never forget, it was playing Accurate and Stanley. And I done well. So, because obviously I went there a bit with a bit of a reputation with the stuff that happened at MK Dons. Paul Fairclough was the manager. Lovely guy again, man. Great guy. Looked after me. But at the time, you think they're being bad. Went there and he was like, look, we can offer you a contract. We can give you a contract for, what did he say to me? For £100 a week. What? He said, I'll give you a four-week contract. Because he saw me, we played in this friendly game. Yeah. It was like... Four elevens played against each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was the only player that they brought back. So then he brought me back. So then after he brought me back, he said, right, went through pre-season and that stuff, four weeks. He's like, right, I can give you a contract for four weeks for £100 a week. So then he's like, done well in that, played the league games. Yeah. Done really well, kept my head down. And then he was like, right, we'll give you a contract for the season for £200 a week. And I just said to him, honestly, I said, Paul, look, I'm being honest with you. I said, I know that I've got the reputation. Yeah, yeah. Had a bit of a, I, I said, but, you can't expect me to sign for £200 a week. I've done everything you've asked. Yeah. I've tried my nuts off. I've worked hard. I've played well in the games. And now you want me to sign for £200 a week. He's like, well, if you don't sign the contract, you're not going to play. So these are the trials and tribulations you don't realise are going <laughs> to football. So I remember we went Accurate and Stanley all the way there. And he put, me on, be- way, put yeah. me on the bench and didn't even put, put me on. 
So then that was a bit of a stumbling block for about yeah. a week. And then you come back and then he was like, look, we'll give you £350 a week. So I signed for £350 a week for a season. Though. Not bad. No. How that, old are you? How old are you? 19. Yeah. But I don't know. At that time, you just, for me, even me and the bill agreed, it wasn't about, it wasn't necessarily about the money. Yeah, yeah. It was more about getting back in the door. But yeah, then yeah. it was like, comes a bit of a borderline principle <laughs> where... You've got to live. Come sense. And yeah. back then, League Two, as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid, to take £350 a week, that was just decent money. Yeah. No cost of living back then, yeah, boy. Yeah, decent money. Yeah. What was you wearing? Get yeah, a Mado Visu or something, or Machino suit, suit set? Yeah, what, back then, was it a Visu? It might have been a Visu machine. Was, yeah. it, was, it, was it Robin's jeans? True religion? You remember Robin's Cox jeans? Patrick Cox and that? Nah, I'm too young for that. Patrick Cox? Nah, not Patrick Cox. That's way back. You're taking oh, it way back. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Patrick Cox's school days. <laughs> From Shelley's. Okay, okay. Shelley's old, um, no, okay. As long as you can dress and eat, feed yourself. Yeah, yeah, as long as you can dress and feed yourself, you're you're all right. You're just like it was. It was. It was a good again, a good learning curve, Barney. Played foot, playing football with men. Yeah, you put know. you in the shop window. Is that you say? Some freedom. Yeah, I was playing with freedom. Paul let me play. I learned the game. Learned a lot of things. So it was good. But let me paint a picture. I do this all the time, especially from people that have similar upbringings to myself. So you're at you've signed for Barnet. You're at Barnet. Mm. They're offering you 100, 100 pound, 200 pound, 350 year on. You're from South London, Croydon. Then you get signed for a quarter of a mil to mm. Plymouth. Mm. What's your thought process when you hear my, your Jason Punchin from Croydon worth a quarter of a million pound? Do you know what? I was really excited about it. But again, when I look back at myself then, like a young kid coming from South London, you're sitting there thinking like, I'm just leaving the ends. That's what I'm thinking about, mm. leaving the mandate. Like, I'm not going to be with my brothers. I'm not going to be doing this. I'm not going to be with my family. But then there comes a point when you know that you're playing football. And at the time, it was a great decision to go to Plymouth. But mm. Miles away, though. It, it was miles away. But in terms of, like, you went from League 2 to the Championship. The problem was, is, is when, you, when you look at the type of manager that I went to play for, it was never going to fit. Was it long ball? It was just completely different. Long ball was never going to fit. Okay. It was never going to fit. And then you, then you realise after a while when you're there, like, kind of made a mistake here. Yeah. But they're football. You take the chances, you know. How, Plymouth being so far, how did you cope? Because like you say, you're, you want to go back to ends. Juggle. Juggle massively. <laughs> Is massively. that like a four-hour trip? And, and again, you've got to think, you're up there. You're on your own. At that time, you're sitting there thinking, like, why am I staying here? I'm, I'm not maybe getting a chance. Like, all yeah. these things go through your head. Do you understand what I mean? It's, it's, you're a young kid. You're there on your own and you're, you're trying to make things work and stuff like that. And it was, it was a tough time. And lucky Stacky was there. Graham Stack was there. Bradley was there as well, actually. Bradley come, like Brad come the second season. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Brad come the second season. But Graham Stack was there. Me and him was very close together. <laughs> He's got stories for days. Yeah, though. days, days, days. Stacky's funny, man. Funny. So it was, it was tough. It was tough. But I, I, I left there... I imagine I signed there in the, the summer and I left there, I think, in the October <laughs> or September. I went to MK Dons where Dimitri was the manager. Okay. You see, when things aren't going well at club, because I think when talking to a few people that you hear, like your story, think didn't go well at Plymouth, didn't go well at Southampton, only in a couple of clubs. Are you telling your agent to get on the phone and get you out of there or is it just like you've got to grind think, it out? I think, again... Is the agent you have in the background is he needs experience to deal with these things? Yeah, I think back then when I was younger, I was a bit more headstrong. Well, not head. I wouldn't say headstrong. I was a bit more 
blow off the handle quickly. Yeah. <laughs> like if you if you're not playing, you could just blow off the handle, and you don't realize that at the time it's the wrong thing to do. And what you need to realize is sometimes at football, at clubs, sometimes you need to stand still. Yeah. Because what the manager's picking now in two three two three months is not going to be what he's picking then. And it's you've got to earn yourself back into that in, environment. But yeah. then it's also going to take a strong agent to say, no, nah, no, nah, you don't need to leave. Sit there, sit strong. Or the agent understands, right, yeah, he needs to leave. See, that's a second gem because I've got a friend who has come through the ranks like yourself. He's, he weren't playing. And then he was like, I want to I pay up. And his agent's like, no, like you're going to be on good money for the next X amount of years. Focus. Just we'll get your club and just play. And now he's he's gone alone. He's found his feet again. Yeah, you just need that. Yeah, you that need guidance. That, yeah, it? you need that guidance. And, and again, and the agent only could, the agent's experience comes from his experience with the players that he's dealt with, the experience he's had in football. Yeah, that is a a, a, a good thing. And I think probably back then with the with the bill, he was still young learner. So probably maybe we didn't have that guy right, right yeah. guidance pack. When you look at him now, he's been in the game fifteen years agency strong so now he knows he understands it yeah have you have you had any experiences not directly with yourself but like players you know with like the new generation of agents like because nowadays it's a lot of like and i write you know, like people that have changed their life around ex like road men and stuff like and even families mm. like what's your thoughts on on that i think now is like i hate to say it but is everybody wants to be an agent that can't play football <laughs> That's the way I the, the way I see it now, and in football it is a special thing, and you have to be careful. Like sometimes, even big agents they just want money. Yeah, that yeah. is a fact. I, do, I didn't want to say that. My, now, my honest opinion is I don't care if the agent wants money. Yeah, just get me what's right for me. Take your money, feed your family. I've got no problem with that. Facts. Yeah. Whereas, then you also get on the flip side of it, the player. Like I never. I had Tony Finning was my agent from younger. Yeah. Just, then I moved. I went to with Neil Fewens and which was Wasserman. I would speak to my agent once a month if that. I didn't need to speak to him every day. I didn't want to speak to him every day. Some players need that moddy coddling like, <laughs> how are you? You've played good. You trained good. You've done this. You've done that. I'm not like that as a person. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think also football's changing. A player will wake up one day and be like, I ain't spoke to my agent for two weeks. I want to change agent. And there's always an agent waiting. And then also, then you also got to look at this now is as football clubs, if you're looking at a player, like when you get to a different, like when you get to the top, top level and you look at that player and see right, that player's had four or five different agents, they're going to say that player's not stable. Yeah, he might be the bad egg. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. So that, that's, that's the other side of it. That, that's the third gem you've dropped now. Can I keep counting them? Um, your agent eventually gets you out of Plymouth, mm. move slightly up the road, Southampton. Now, that when you move to Southampton, they've gone from Prem mm. to financially in the mud. Are you looking at it as a chance to build up your career and help a club that's financially unstable or just I'm at a big club now? Do you know what? I'll be honest with you. As much as as a kid, you know Southampton's big club. I didn't realise the club I walked, that I was signing <laughs> until I walked in the building and that. when I went to the games, how big of a club it is, their behaviour and all that stuff. And I'll never forget it because I was still... You get that stigma in football and it carries with you, you know? <laughs> it does carry with you. When you've made those mistakes yeah, as younger, yeah. I'll never forget Nicola Cortese, brilliant man, love him as well. Looked after me through good and bad moments. Become like somebody that's like a friend can still call upon him now. First day I signed, he was like the, the secretary, Ros Wheeler, lovely lady as well. She said to me, oh, the chairman wants to see you. So I got up to see you. He said, look, 
we know you're a talented player. We've seen you. We want, we, we're happy to have you here. Yeah. But just behave yourself. <laughs> and that sort of put, it put something in my mind, you know. And the first six months was on absolute fire. Like, couldn't, couldn't do nothing wrong. We missed out by the playoffs by one point. <clears throat> so then we go to preseason. Um, the third, this is the third week in pre, third week in preseason. I come out of a change room. Yeah. And we've got these porter cabins. I come out the change room, walk out the door, fall down and twist my ankle in the third week of preseason. Harji wants to protect everyone. Says, right, anyone that's injured is not training. Now, I'm a player. I need to be <laughs> like a Caribbean descendant. Yeah, if yeah. you're not training correct, you, you may be carrying a little bit yeah, of weight. You're yeah. carrying this, carrying that stuff. And for three weeks, I didn't train. We come to the week of the game for the first season. Paul says, I need you to play. Now, I'm one of these people, like, if I feel like I've got the trust of the players or the yeah, coach, yeah. I'm gonna, I'll, give, I'll give you everything I can. But sometimes it's the wrong thing. Play, slow start to the season, slow, slow, fans start booing me, start getting on my back, all that sort of stuff. So I went through all that there. It was like, all of that stuff. Cards <clears throat> leaves, Atkins come in. I go to Millwall on loan yeah, yeah. to play some games, do really well. I think I scored five, get five, five goals in eight games there. <laughs> Left there, come back. And I'm like to the owner, I said to him, no, I want to leave. I said, like, your manager told me when I went to Milwaukee, I can go there with a loan to view to permanent. Yeah. Now you want me back because I played some games. I want to leave. So I made, I kind of made up raw. <coughs> I think they could have spoke to me about it in a, maybe in a better way and I could have dealt yeah. with it in a better way. But I was just upset that you said I could, in my mind, you told me I could leave. Yeah, yeah. And because I've gone and played good, now you want me back. So then they was like, all right, so they put me with the under 23s. This is when I was training with Luke Shaw. So Luke yeah, Shaw and okay. Ward Prowse. And when and I trained... Fox. Now, Ox was with the first team there. Okay, okay. So Luke Shaw and Ward Prowse, I trained with them. Prowse was Callum Chambers. Prowse was very okay. good. Jack Stevens. Prowse was very good technically. Jack Stevens, all of them technically. But Luke Shaw, it was like playing with a man. I'm strong with the ball. <laughs> yeah. And you go against him at training. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, I, 17. Heard, I heard he was a joke. <sighs> very good. So then I end up going to Blackpool alone. Do really well. Do really well. Blackpool, come back. Same thing again in the summer. Ten they don't want. So then they get to the halfway point, Southampton, where they're in the, the championship trying to fight for the title. And it's weird. Something, I was watching a Southampton game. I, was, I think it's Southampton versus Leicester. And I tweeted. Recently, I, yeah? I was at QPR. Okay, yeah. I was at South, Southampton. They was in the championship playing Leicester. And I was watching. I had Twitter. I remember I was sitting on the bus with QPR. <laughs> So I was actually sitting on the bus with the QPR yeah, team yeah. coming back from the game. And then the Southampton fans talking about it and then they started at me, where's Jason Punchin? And then I said something about Ox the chairman. Duh, 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 duh. No way. So it's, yeah, so, it's, so it's, anyway, it's all come out. Three days later, I'll get a phone call and they're like, right, you need to come to the club to see us that your loan's finishing at QPR. Yeah. They need to come and see us. Go there, sit down and meet him. And Nicola Cortez and talk to him and he's like, Jason, look, what you done was disrespect. I said, Nicola, I told him directly, I said, I'll never disrespect the players because they're my friends. So then we had that conversation and it was like, look, we want you back. So I went back there for six months before they got promoted and it probably, being away from there and going back there and being around where they was at that time, I almost felt like I grew up 10 years in age, in experience, in the way that I yeah. think, how I am, how I behave. And it was brilliant. Did you apologise? 
Yeah, I apologise for, <laughs> for what I said on the Twitter, which was, which was the correct thing to do. But I think Southampton, it taught me so much as a player and as a person. I yeah. learned so much there massively in terms of professionalism, even just like the way you carry yourself, being at a big club, the pressure of being at a big club, so many, so many different things and met so many lovely people and played with so many good, good, good players. Well, I do. How, how, how good was Oxley chamberlain Like, did you know he was going destined oh, yeah, to be a star? Chabo trained with us when he was 16, when Pardew was the manager, the year before he come on the scene. And he was a little, I'm not lying to you, when he first came to the first team, I'm not that tall, but he was at my shoulder and he had this little afro. Yeah. He trained with us and was training one time and it was like, it was almost like Pikachu and Pokemon because he was like, <laughs> and I was like, this kid's going to be something. He weren't strong, <clears throat> took his time to get a bit physical and then he just literally kicked on. It's just... Don't you find it mad that you see like a young boy like that be so good at football? Like, how can you be so good at football? Like, you look at yourself and it's like, was I that good where I can go around players like that in the in the champ? Yeah, just, like Chamber was brilliant as well because me and Chamber as well when we was there, I used to, I was I I loved liked younger players when yeah. they come through because I like players that show that they've they they come in the first team and try and show something. Say right, I'm here. I'm putting myself about. And we used to spend a lot of time after training, we used to play pinging balls into the goals. And he was just a kid that, he had this attitude like, I'm going to show myself. Luke Shaw was a bit like that as well. He was, he was, a, he was a bit timid when it came to the, his first few games at, yeah. at the start, but he was, like, he was like that, put himself about that. Wilf, I'd say he had that when, I, when, I, when, I, when he came back to Palace. Obviously, he'd played first team and stuff yeah. different. Yannick was like that because he was with me at Plymouth. Okay. Just like, you like players that come in a session and say, right, I'm here. <laughs> However, they're going to go about it. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. That's good. Like it's the confidence that like, I just want to show how good I am at football. Um, you've had a few loans. You've mentioned some. How long does it take you to settle at a club? Like you can even include now. Like what are the things? What are the steps you take? I think is is when you go to a football club. The first thing you need to understand is you're brought there to play football. So you need to stamp your authority on the pitch <laughs> in the training session. Yeah. That's the first thing you need to do. Yeah. Then the other stuff sort of comes, the people around the place, the players around the place, people that work there, that comes with your mannerism, your behaviour, how you deal with people, how people see you treat them. All of that takes time and people see how you are. I just think my first thing is always thinking about trying to show myself as a football player. Okay, and if that takes long, obviously we know you're a good footballer, but if that takes longer mm -hmm. than needed or let's say you don't like the climate. Like, say, for instance, where we are now, it yeah. was too hot for you. What else would you do? I think it's, it was actually, his very, was <laughs> very hot when it takes time to get used to. But I think is again, you've got to look at the reality is, what's your purpose at that club? Have you come here to win something? Have you come here? Oh, people always say it's about winning, but yeah. you know, not in a bad way, if you go to certain clubs, you may be trying to stay in the Premier League or you're trying to stay in the Bundesliga or or trying to win a cup or something is what is your purpose and always say to yourself that there's going to be good times and bad times in football football is always up here and always yeah. down here there's never really in like no in middle between. ground there's yeah, not yeah. a middle ground but you've always got to look at yourself and fundamentally saying to myself am I giving myself the best opportunity to be the best Jason Punch in day in day out and that's the most important that's the fifth gem I'm teeing you up here um, <laughs> let's talk about the promotion parties because I know you're a party man yeah Southampton promotion party. What? Let's do where and did you organize it? Did you say, oh, we've got here, I've got the table sorted? Nah, back then within Southampton, 
I wouldn't say I was a senior player, but I was well respected in the okay, dressing, yeah. good, good within the dressing. But I wasn't the leader that was going to organise. It was Kelvin. But I never forget like the celebrations afterwards. You leave the stadium, and Southampton's a big club. Like yeah. fans, like the streets are covered with people. <laughs> You're trying to go places, go to the pub, and go places. And it was more just like <clears throat> sort of a thing that was off the cuff. Yeah, in Southampton, and they, <laughs> I don't like to say different, but it was. It's different being in Southampton to being in Crystal Palace when you're in London. There's that catch of going to London. So just on your doorstep, the yeah, comes just on your winning doorstep. three points to say I'm going to the West End is completely different to say, right, we've won in Southampton and say we're going out in the local Southampton. Okay. It's completely different. Like London, you go out in London, nobody's going to be, they're not bothered about Crystal Palace. True, yeah. Like, honest opinion. They now might they see, are. Now they are. Yeah, now they are. But yeah. they might see one or two of the, st the star players and be like, oh, there's example now Elise or there's Zaha yeah, yeah. they're not really bothered like, whereas if you go Southampton and there's the Southampton players you walk in somewhere and everybody's looking at you like this <laughs> you know it's completely different um, you see what like, like like I said in the intro you played League 1 League 2 Champ Prem how do you adapt because obviously it's, it's, it gets tougher as you go up and then Prem is the pinnacle how do you adapt your game to be ready to play untold amount of games and well, I, want, I don't want to say this in the wrong way but when I first went to the Premier League you don't realise it you get when I went you get more time on the ball than you did in the Championship but that's when I've been, I was coached that when you've got time on the ball is when you're most dangerous because you've got to make that oh, right, right part yeah. so when you go to the, the Premier League is I'll never forget I think I made my debut against Leighton Baines so when I had the ball it was fine <laughs> right but it's him and Pina probably two even through all the years I played in the Premier League probably the two best combination of like left back and left winger yeah, yeah. just like you, you watch the ball and the ball and the ball goes elsewhere and if you look at the ball and you turn your head they're gone yeah, yeah. when you had the ball it's fine make the wrong pass or make the wrong decision you get punished Everyone says and when you ain't got the ball, you need to be switched on to defend. Yeah. And that's the, that was the difference. The Premier League, it was more is normal, yeah. high level, punish you for any mistake. You scored in that game, didn't you? Yeah, scored <laughs> in my debut against Black against Everton. It was yeah, yeah, God, crazy it, game. Is that the pinnacle feeling, like scoring in the Prem on your debut? On of your debut? course, because I, I think I made my debut before that. I think against West Ham. It's against West Ham. Come on, second half, and you. You're, I was caught in the moment. Think you got more time. Think you're trying to do this, and you're like like this. And I was like, now Jaria Coco's playing against him, and then the, playing an Everton game. After I played that, you've gone through that experience, sort of calmed me down. But then when you realise and you leave the game, and you realise, oh no, man, you just scored in the Premier League. Like it's a big thing. Yeah, it is, it is. As a player, you feel like I've done it early on. Yeah, is that is that the. I made it moment, or did that come earlier in your career? No, I think that's the, there's the, the, that's the first step. But is that, is that what you're thinking? No, I'm not thinking you're I saying made that as it. A I'm that's, that's, yeah, I'm saying that's, yeah, at the time, I'm not thinking I made it. I'm thinking that's the first step because I'm sitting there thinking as a player, I'm on loan at Blackpool here. I'm playing in the Premier League yeah. from Southampton. <laughs> that's crazy. As I it need is. to do really well for one or two reasons that Blackpool stays in the Premier League and I sign here yeah. or I go to another Premier okay. League team. That's how, you, that's how I was thinking at the time. That's a good way of doing it, though, because it's your ticket to the Prem. Yeah, you don't know what happen, what's going to happen. You don't know like. what's going to happen. And that's, that, that was my way of thinking. When they got relegated, did that affect you? Did that, did, uh, like... Yeah, because I was only there six months. But then again, like, after, like, just an example, when I first went to Blackpool in the training sessions, the players was complaining that I weren't passing the ball here, <laughs> I weren't doing this. I remember Charlie Adam, David Vaughan, 
<laughs> weren't playing the ball here, weren't doing this, weren't doing that. Seven, eight games later, they kept on saying, give him the ball, give him the ball, give him the ball. To you? Yeah. Because it's, it's just football. It happens. <laughs> like people complain. You, some players complain. Some players don't. They don't realise it. But first six weeks, seven weeks, complaining, complaining. Saying little comments. You know you can hear them. Yeah, but yeah. I'm Brazilian. I was like, all right, sweet, I'll show you. So then after a while, it was like, right, give him the ball. Let him do it. So quick, give him the ball, give him the ball, give him the ball, give him the ball. <laughs> so football changes. And then you end up going back to Southampton. Mm-hmm. Are you now playing? Because no, actually, before I went to Southampton, I went to QPR on loan. Again, another loan? Yeah. You love a loan, I've boy. probably just, I think, not because the QPR loan didn't work out, I think that I could have resolved me and Southampton in a better way in that summer to be like, right, you know what, let's bygones be bygones. Yeah. Come here, get your nut down, see how you get on your preseason, and go from there. But I was just headstrong, like I just want out of this place because of the, the little things that happened. And then obviously trade with the, the youth team for six weeks with preseason. It weren't good. And I went to QPR. I'll never forget it. Warnock's a very, like, fair play to him. He's had a great career. He's done really well, Warnock. Um, but he, um, he's a very superstitious person. Put me on okay. in the game. And I'll never forget it. Paddy Kenny's threw me the ball. He's, he's, he's play Newcastle. Pardon you, Newcastle. Paddy Kenny's threw me the ball. And he's threw me the ball in the halfway end. You know, QPR's tight. Yeah, yeah. Gone to control the ball. He's, he's, he's Premier League. There's not, the grass is long. He's threw me the ball. I've had a touch. The players nicked it off me. They've gone on a counter attack. They didn't score. And that's all that stuck in his head. So he was like, Keith Cole come to me after that. Don't you ever do that again. The gap I never put you on and I never saw the pitch again. <laughs> I was literally just from that, never saw the pitch again. That's mad. Yeah, man. Right. Speaking of Warnock, why did he say them things about you that made you tweet? When you look here, it really, was, it was, it's, it's quite wild. Though. Yeah, he's like, he's not a calm player. He's not this, not to do this and do that. He said all those things. He's, some people are just in interviews talking and they don't realise what they're doing. And yeah. in all fairness, like, really, in football, it's all about rapport. So how did that player play for me when he was here? Played 25 minutes for Warnock. <laughs> so he's not really probably got nothing good to remember. Yeah, yeah. So he's probably just thinking, well, I'm just going to say what I've got to say. So he had said what he said and I reacted in the way I reacted. But it was funny because football changes. <laughs> he then comes to my club. So I'm at Crystal Palace. And you're a man there at this time. So that time is, I'm at home. It's my club. I'm there. I'm like, it's my home. Like, do you know what I mean? You come to my club now and you're now becoming to be, coming to be the manager. I'll never forget Steve Parrish was like, because Steve Parrish was brilliant. Lovely guy as well. Um, family. Um, Walnut calls me in the office first day. Like, what's up? I've literally walked in. I was like, what do you want? And he's like, oh, I just want bygones to be bygones. I'm like, look, let's be honest. It's not really going to be bygones. Be yeah, bygones. Yeah. You're still going to remember it. I'm still going to remember it. Yeah. You've signed it. I'm here. I'm playing it. You do your job. I do my job. Finish. Wow. And, and then, funny enough, lo and behold, you're playing the games. He's, I didn't actually notice <clears throat> from the board members at the time, but I knew through agents, through the periphery, but I just let it be because in football, this is where I grew up at Palace. I was happy there. Your home, whatever, your stuff. And you, you don't take this in the wrong way. I knew Warnock's time was coming to an yeah, end because yeah. of where the club was at. So I was like, I just bide my time. I was playing the game here. We're not playing again. I was like, do you know what? I'll be here longer than him. So I just sort of <laughs> said to myself, keep my head down. But I knew in the journey he wanted to try and get me out. I'm serious. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? 
That's you maturing. Yeah, 100%. Listen to your story. Barnet, Jason, would have probably said something about not playing. Oh, now 100%. you're just like, yeah. Right. You, you, look, it's, sometimes in football, it's like, at that time, I was like, I ain't going to give the satisfaction to go and speak to Warnock and say to him why I'm not playing. I know, and he knows why he's not playing me. So let's leave it there. Yeah. Nothing in football and in life, there's always going to be time passes. Some people have their time. Some people's time is over. And that's just how it goes. How did the Palace, Palace move come about? Because that's going back home. Holloway again. It was funny okay. because Holloway was Admiral Blackpool. Okay, and he went to Palace, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, <coughs> Palace move was supposed to happen for years under different managers, <laughs> different times, so many different times, and it didn't. And then I was at Southampton and Pochettino was there. And again, you know football. Yeah. And don't forget, we were staying in a... Because we used to do double sessions. We were staying in a, a hotel around the corner from the, the training ground. And Kelvin Davis, again, lovely guy. Good God. He wasn't him. a lovely guy, bro. No, Kelvin, <laughs> just like people I'm t- yeah, yeah, yeah. you get on with. And he used to, again, a guidance. Yeah, a okay, okay. Guiding okay. Me. And I'll never forget the day when my agent was like, Palace really want you, really want you. I was like, I'm not sure if I want to go, you know, because at the oh, time... Really? Even though with Poch, I wasn't, it didn't feel like I was going to start the season. I felt like I'd grown up so much as a player, I was going to learn a lot more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And Kel- Kelvin was like, he was like, Kelvin was like, don't go. I was like, I was like, Kelvin, I don't, not 100% I want to go because it's, it's, it's it is my home. I said, but when a club tells you that this club's t- coming for you, it's, I'm not forcing it. Yeah. They've, the club's come to me and said to me, like, Crystal Palace won't. So that tell, that's, that's kind of the writing on the wall for you anyway. Do you know what I yeah, mean? You can sense, stick yeah. it out and I can say to myself, it's going to stick this out and you'd be like, oh, I can go to Palace. I know I'm going to play a good majority of the games. Yeah. And I'm at home. It's my team. It's like, it's my home team. I, this kid team I followed from a kid. <laughs> what was it like stepping out there in the kit? Because like, like you say, your man lived on the road. That's... <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you don't, you don't realise it because Palace is like, you know that before that I signed at Palace, yeah. I never played there in a professional game. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. like, even even as an away team. Oh, serious. Even as a away team, never That's played mad. a professional game. Never Wimbledon, um, or against Crystal Palace. Were you nervous? No, when the homes when we, the Holmesdale stands rocking, we played. Remember, is all the times I go and watch Palace is it not in the bad way? Was yeah. in the Championship. So okay, I never yeah. felt oh, that yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I never okay. saw that. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand what I mean? And then we played Sunderland at home, and I was like, love this, and then. Again, it was one of them things is like, I almost feel like he's, I must be a player that people, like, that the fans grow to love. Yeah. Started the first game. We played Stoke away first game. We played Sunderland at home, home debut. Brilliant. Loved it. And then Holloway, again, it was like, and again, not, don't take this in the wrong way. We didn't have Premier League players then. That was good enough yeah. for Premier League. That yeah. was a fact. We didn't. So you're struggling. We were struggling. Yeah. We struggled for some games. The, the fans, um, the fans, um, again, was on my back. <laughs> on me, on me. I'll, never, I'll forget. <laughs> we played a game at home. But remember, Crystal Palace is my home, so I know everyone. My dad knows everyone. My yeah. mom knows everyone. Everyone knows me. I know all these people. And there's a guy in a box, and he's like, we're doing running, and he shouted down. He's like, punch me well. Effing, whatever. Yeah, yeah. What? I walked up there, gone up there to the boxes. Where are you? What, what, what would you say? Guys walked off, whatever. Well, you're in the box. You're going, you're going yeah, into the there. I went up because ah, ah. I'm angry at the time. Um, I'm angry at the time. We, I think we played Fulham at home. It was a game. Remember, Kasami scored that volley. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then so I was like, all right. 
<laughs> so then they was on my back for a bit, the Palace fans. They played Norwich away. I think it might have been Pulis. Norwich away, yours, whatever. And then Pulis come in and I was like flipping up. I was like, you, when you look at, again, looking at somebody from a glass window, you're yeah. sitting there thinking, I ain't going to play under this guy the way he plays. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Again, absolutely brilliant. I know, I hate to say, it was brilliant in terms of keeping the players together. Probably me trying to be a coach, I learned so much from him because the players that weren't playing, yeah, yeah. he would speak to them more than the players that was playing. But you knew, no matter what, there were still 13, 14 players going to play. That's mad. I guess Palace suits that type of style of football. It's a very small, enclosed pitch. Mm. So, yeah. Um, you just mentioned you want, you're trying to be a coach. Mm. Let me ask you a question, yeah? Mm. What makes a good manager? Someone who's played the game or management team? Someone who's played the game or someone who hasn't played the game? No, I don't think... Obviously, as a player, you're going to have a bit... They would say, generally... Excuse me. <coughs> you're going to say, generally, they have a bit more knowledge. Yeah. But I think the most important thing for me that I thought as a coach is a, a coach understanding the psychology of the players. When is the right moment to go mad at the players? When is the right moment to relax? And although that side of it, because remember, you've got to keep 25 people happy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and naturally in football, if you keep, if there's 25, if you keep 17, 18 in a certain way, the other people fall into land, they follow suit. Yeah, okay. Um, as a player, how do you cope with not starting like big games? Because you know your worth. And when you're like for FA Cup final, for instance, you're not starting, but you come on a score. How do you cope with one not starting? Because when do you know you're not going to start like the day before? It's weird that. So like normally coaches will probably tell you the day before or whatever. Some coaches don't speak to you. Hard you actually told me on the Thursday. You told me you're not going to play. Now bearing in mind that like, obviously Palace is your club and don't get me wrong, at that time, That season, I didn't have one of my best seasons at okay. Palace in terms of the return of goals and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I got injured, come back. And then when I come back, then I started to get goals and see started to, for some reason, I don't know why. I don't know if it's there. You, you don't know. And probably the last 10 games of the season, I was, or seven, say seven to 10 games of the season, I was probably back to my normal punch self. So when he tells me I'm not playing, I'm fuming, 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 because I'm sitting there thinking, if this game was 10 weeks earlier, I would not have said nothing. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I knew that I weren't at the level. Yeah. But I knew he was picking that team based on loyalty to some players that he liked. I won't go into that detail. And that's what annoyed me. And all the players knew it. Okay. So then, I'll never forget, he told me, and I used to sit in Danny, the kit man's room, me and Danny's, <laughs> another, I know I say another good person, me and him would get on really no, well. No, I met Danny. He, yeah. he sorted me out a couple So I sit in his room, and I just sat in literally... I think Pards told me at nine o'clock. I sat in his room from nine o'clock until we went out to train at 10.30. Had my shoes on, went out, train, train like normal. And then Balassian, that's coming up to me. Wolf's coming up to me. The boys are coming up to me. And remember, like, although I was good, I was good with everyone in the dressing yeah, room. I was yeah. like a, a leader in that dressing room. But I always looked at Wolf and Yannick. They was like my little brothers. Yeah. And they know that. And when I saw their faces when they realised I weren't playing, I was like, if I behave in the wrong way, I'm not only going to mess them up, but I'm going to mess the team up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I suffered it. And I never forget, Damo is Damo. Me and Damon Delaney is close as well. Damo was like, brother, I don't know how you do all that. 
<laughs> I, would, I, I wouldn't have been behaving the way you are. Like me and Damo was close like yeah. that. I was like, Damo, you know what, mate? I'm fuming, but what can I do? Yeah. Like, peace. I'm fuming. So then we go to the game. And I'll never forget the day of the game. Woody, which is Pardew's close mate. And I still get with Pardew now. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. fantastic. But I understood it. Afterwards, as you get older, why he done it? Okay. Because some people can, some people, when you disappoint them, they come back fire and fight. Okay. So he knew I was that person. Okay, yeah, yeah. He yeah. knew that I'm going to be like, like angry, wanting to go and show myself, wanting to go and prove myself. Whereas if he'd done it to somebody else, they might have been soaking, never been able to recover. Yeah. I never forget, first off, I'm fuming. <laughs> My mum's fuming. They I've got like, that, yeah. like even Christine, like, I've got, I think I'm about, about 85 tickets. You're only supposed to have 40 tickets. <laughs> like 85? Yeah, like Crystal Palace. Remember, every home game, I need 20, 25 tickets. It's like my home. Like people forget yeah. that's like my home. Like all, there's always somebody popping up for tickets. And I was never, I was a good person that looked after people, gave people tickets when I got them. Um, like yeah. I never really charged people for tickets, all that stuff. I looked after my people. Yeah. And I forget, I never forget, um, went to see my mum before the game in the stadium. So I was training or warming up. I never forget, I kept on wanting to, for some reason, go toilet, go toilet. I don't know if I was nervous, go toilet. And they, I've gone toilet, I think 65 minutes, and they're coming looking for me, like, quick, 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 you need to go on. The gaffer's getting you, you need to go on. So then gaffer's come to me and he's like, right, go and show all that aggression on the pitch. Sick, sick. And then, you don't actually, uh, uh, like, you don't realise how surreal the moment is in there. You can't hear nothing. Serious, like that, yeah? You cannot hear nothing. I can just about, I know where we're sitting now, I can just about hear someone 15 yards away from me. <laughs> I heard St. James's Parks like that as well in Newcastle. When it's rocking. Yeah, listen, I've been in games, like Steven Gerrard's last game. They was constantly singing, singing, singing. Newcastle can be like that. Yeah. But it's a different, like Newcastle, remember, when you're playing the game, it's like the, the fans are sucking the ball into the goal. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. The yeah. same as like when you're, like Gerrard, that's what kind of Anfield's like. But that atmosphere was completely different. You cannot hear nothing. Wow. Like literally, <laughs> if, uh, if you get in the ball, I can, if you ain't looking, you can't, I can't hear 15 yards away from when somebody saying something to me. Like Scott Dan's a very loud character. Yeah. <laughs> me and Scott Dan, very loud character, vo vocal, like me, vocal. And I was playing in the middle and something happened. It was like, didn't you hear me call? I said, mate, I can't hear you. <laughs> like, I can't hear you. That's crazy. Crazy. So just talent just kicks, like tactics and talent just kick in because... Not even the talent, the tactics is just a moment. Like when I look at that game, I, I do look back at it and I think, I wish as another part added to my game a little bit later on. I was intelligent player, but that <clears throat> a little bit more nasty streak. Like Rooney, I remember in the middle of the party, run past me, Yedinap, <laughs> Papa Soare, and then somebody else and chipped it. And um, was it Lingard that scored? Yeah, yeah Lingard. Yes. And I was just sitting there and think about if I, if I could rewind that now, I would have kicked him <laughs> two foot in the air like before that. Do you know what I mean? You look back at it and you think, take the foul for the team, kind yeah, of thing. You take yeah. the foul, take the yellow card, because he had really done it in the game. He was <clears throat> on a yellow card. We went on a counter-attack, and I think he kicked me or Balassi, just bam. And I stayed down trying to get him sent off. And Rooney's come to me like, get up, punch, get up, get up. <laughs> and I was like, ref, it's a yellow card. Yeah. But the ref didn't give him a yellow card. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there is yeah. them them now. So when you look at it <clears throat> from a flip side, Rooney really won Man United the game because of his talent and his ability. Yeah. He just wanted that hunger to win it. I was scoring. Mumsy's the 85 people come to watch you. Although it, the result didn't go your way, mm. 
you've ticked a box for Londoners scoring at Wembley. Yeah, it's a bittersweet moment. It's something, it's something someone <clears throat> can never take away from you. But as a football person, I always look at you. You're the guy that scored in the FA Cup final and you lost. That's yeah. my point of view. Yeah, yeah. Like for your family, your friends that. and all that stuff, they always say, oh, my son scored or your, your, your friend scored the FA Cup final. The Palace fans, they'll always remember that. But it's, it, is a, it is a bit of a sweet moment. It's probably like a, probably a, a would, would have been a good story to have won the game. It would have been I mean. epic. But. You might have got the key to the city, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, is your shirt hanging up from the game? Yeah, I still got my shirt. See, you're proud yeah, of that sure. moment, man. Bit of sweet, you're right, but you can't ignore that. Like scoring, not everyone can score at Wembley. Not everyone can win things. Like you say, like you want to yeah. add mm. winning things or playing at highest level, but you still got another level to go. But mm. you got to own it, man. Show your son, look. Yeah, no, definitely. My kids will, my kids will remember it. They, they, they remember it. My mum will always remember it. My nan. Like it's, it was a special moment for for my family, but I just. You look back and there's there's so many things that you football's one of the things that you wish you could change. Yeah, and I yeah. always look at myself and I wish I could change that moment in the middle of the park when Rooney just he just took a tuck there, <laughs> and I said kick him and I didn't because because you know he's like naturally I see Mele and I think yeah. he's a big lump and I can't even remember Mele might have been on a yellow card and might not have got sent off. Okay, and because this is where again like football I know it's a bit off topic but. I loved playing with Mille as a midfielder was because I always knew as a midfielder, I had that freedom to go and express myself because I had a wall behind yeah. me. Like a modern day, like a Casemiro. Yeah. You know, okay, you're going to yeah, go yeah. and this guy behind you is going to sweep everything. And he's got the nastiness as well. Yeah. 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 That's mad. That's mad. But anyway, that happens. It's, it is what it is. You become Palace captain. Yeah. You're basically the mayor of Crystal Palace now. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like that's that's your home. Now yeah. you've got like now you're like basically second, third in command of the club. Mm. Were you ready for that? Yeah, I was ready. I was always like probably at, I probably said Palace is coming from Southampton when it's a big club, the the infrastructure, the way the clubs run, the all different things. You're coming from a level above and I kinda <clears throat> Damo again was a good help. Mele, after the first six months, I kind of sort of found that 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 mold as like being a leader, and I didn't yeah. really need the armband to be a leader. Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you understand? What I mean, it was kind of like like it was weird because Sam come in and he was brilliant. Sam, like brilliant Sam, he was just like he treated everyone the same, and I'll never forget. Mamadou Saka played at Paris Saint Germain, youngest PSG captain, nineteen he was, and Mamadou was a brilliant footballer. I'll never forget, we were doing this training session and Mama's a good footballer, so he's going to yeah. play. He's not just going to kick the ball off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Mama's not going to do that. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make no difference. He's not going to do that. That's just not his way. And Mama's gave the ball to short, the ball short to somebody in midfield. They've lost it. Sam's come in, gone, what the hell are you doing? I told you don't play there. And I'm sitting there thinking, I was just going to go because Mama's just signed, like, <laughs> gave him a lot of money, took it from Liverpool. Yeah. And I was just going to go. But it gained the respect to the players because what Sam showed you was, I'm going to talk to everyone the same. Yeah, and he spoke to Mama yeah. like it. He spoke to Yoan at the time, me like it. He spoke to Wolf like it. He treated everybody the same. <clears throat> and that's where he was brilliant. But captains, that like Sam was... I've had some managers, they'll make a big thing of it about being captain. And be like, come in my office, all right, you're going to be captain today. You're going to be this, this, yeah. this. Literally, I was eating breakfast on the morning, on a pre-match, before morning before the game. He'd come in, and this typified Sam. 
come in, slapped me on the back of the head. <laughs> he said, morning, son. I said, yeah, morning, Gaffer. He said, you'll be captain today. And he walked off. That was him. No, like, no, explanation. Like, no, like, trying to modicoddle. You were trying to make you feel like, are you up for it? Or you're this, you're that. Nothing. Just like, bam, deal with it. That's why he was good. That's bad. That is bad. And I guess it worked, didn't it? Because you went on, you took the, you took the role. Although you was doing it already, mm. kind of took the role and just flourished, didn't it? Yeah, he was, he, Sam wanted men. So if he wasn't, if you couldn't just go and say, right, I'm going to do my job the best I can. I don't need the manager to try and guide me or to try and moddy coddle me and try and butter me up. Then you would struggle. Yeah. But if you were just going to go to the pitch, try and make my job the best I can to be a man, then it's brilliant. Okay, I'm going to touch on this one quickly. Played on the Roy Hodgson. Yeah. Obviously, he's been in the game for years. When you hear that name being associated with your club, does that bring excitement? Or, like, because you've played under so many managers, is it like, oh, here we go again? Or, okay, maybe someone who can come steady the ship? Well, for me personally, I thought it was going to be a good thing for me personally. and Well, for the club, first of all, and for me personally. But it didn't turn out that way. (laughs) Like... Roy's got his way that he works and it does <coughs> gel the team in his identity in the way that he works and yeah. he, he's good and it works in his model and his way um, and I think for Crystal Palace at that time the budget they gave him I think he's done a, done a fantastic job Fair Fair and like I said you paid for a few managers what's the strangest thing you look back at it you look back at it now and think well what was he doing as a manager has done in your career I know it's weird and I don't like to keep talking like about Warnock, but he was, I know we had our differences, but I still respect him as yeah, a manager. Yeah, he's done yeah. fantastic in the, for the, what he's done for football, the teams he's done, the promotions he's had, fantastic. But i never forget it. I remember when I was in the stitches, two things. We was training the Friday before a game and you know you play small-sided game. Yeah. We're playing small-sided game and then he blew the whistle and he's like, right, you can score in any goal. And anyone who's a footballer understand if you're playing a small side of game and say you can score in any goal. I remember me and JT, me and Joe Thomas was close at Palace as well. Me, JT, Barry Bannon was there and I just looked at JT and I was like, this guy for real? <laughs> What's he talking about? So me and JT just started laughing. So Baz, people started just kicking the balls into the goal. So if you scored in one goal, you could just go and score in the other goal. It did, didn't make no yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. It was like, like he was trying to be funny. Yeah. And it was like the most <laughs> stupidest thing ever to do the day before the game. So then that was one of them. And then the other one, one is, is he was playing Southampton at home. I'll never forget this. And this is when I said, ah, this is just comical. You're playing Southampton, it's a Premier League game. Now, bearing in mind, you work on your shape and things. Yeah, you, yeah. you do your stuff, you do whatever. Now, Southampton, obviously, when they've come and gave their lineup, you could kind of work out maybe what formation they're yeah, going to play. Yeah. So we figured out that when we do it, they're going to play a 3-4-3. Three, three. This, is, this is 10 minutes before you're going out for a Premier League game. Bro. <laughs> Sorry. He comes in and decides we're going to change the shape and play 3-4-3. Three, three. To match them? To match them. Even though you've worked on... Never worked on nothing. <laughs> and I'll never forget, Steve Parrish was there. Me, Damo, we walked out because Palace's dressing room back then used to have a lot of, when you walk in, the manager's office used to be sort of on the right. Oh, yeah, I've been in there. No, I've got yeah, a show so in there. So you've been in there. And Steve normally comes and says hello to the boys in yeah. there. And I just walked out the dressing room, just looked at him, <laughs> cut my eye. Damo did, and I just carried on walking. And then we went out to the game and we got, I think we lost 3 0, we got bad. 3 0, 4 0, we got bad, and I just thought, 
you, how can you prepare for a Premier League game in that way? That that is, yeah, you it's can't comical. explain that. You it's can't comical. explain that. In his head, he's probably thinking, "Yeah, I've done that." In it was com- you can't. You, players are, to to for me, when you change shape and change formation, you have to have very very intelligent players. Very, very, yeah, very intelligent yeah. players. Well, you've got to like, at least know they're going to work on the backup. You've got to work on it. Yeah. Players have got to know it, or you've got to have top, top, top intelligent players. I think only a few teams can do that. City, maybe Arsenal now, as they're starting to show their maturity. But yeah, it's not. It's, just, it's not easy. Yeah. It's difficult. Okay. With Roy there, your time at Palace comes to an end. But it wasn't like, Correct me if I'm wrong. It wasn't like the club set out for you. Like you're the cap, you're the club captain. You're from the area. We're gonna you're gonna go out with like some grace. Wasn't it like Danny that told you? Yeah, it weren't, it weren't, I wasn't going out of grace. Um, so what happened is, is bits of the January and Andy Hughes used to be a coach at Palace and he was at Huddersfield at the time, and they said they needed some experience. And I was like, Hughesy, I'll definitely come. Because I just yeah. I just wanted to play football. And I knew, like. From after Roy being there for a week and he said, look, you're not going to play no more. You're not going to be number one pick. I was like, there's a bit more to this, you know? And he, he said to me at the time, Roy was like, not that I've got any hidden agendas. When somebody says that to you, it's like somebody saying, I'm not a liar. You yeah. know that you are. Yeah, yeah. So, do you know what I mean? So then I got injured as well. Then the second season come back, he made Luke a captain, didn't say nothing to me. So I was like, I can see how this is going. So we get to the January and, and Andy Hughes wants... David Wagner wants me and I sort of force it through and I said to Steve listen I need to go and I, we played our own one game and Roy was trying to be like nah I need you I was like Roy so stop being silly like, <laughs> been here 18 months do you know what I mean I ain't played again mm. like that's the reality like there's no point of trying to bat, beat around the wood we've got to be adult and Steve was like Steve avoided me from after the game I was like Steve I want to go like I want to go, I want to go and play football. Like, no matter what I do here, it's not going to change. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I wouldn't have minded, if I knew that like, maybe some games here, Roy's going to put you here, going to put you there, you might say to yourself, do you know what? You're at your team, relax and chill. But it wasn't even like that. So I was like, I'm basically, I felt like I was sitting there picking up a wage for nothing, basically. That's how I felt. No purpose. No purpose. Yeah. So I go to Huddersfield, on loan, contracts run out end of the season. Nobody says nothing to me. Nothing. Steve didn't, and that's the one, uh, love Steve to pieces. Probably the one gripe when you feel like you've got a family there, that somebody could just be, it's a hard conversation, because yeah. you know you're close to somebody, but yeah. it's the honest conversation, it's the right you respect thing. him a bit more. So, yeah, respect him. I wouldn't say I don't respect him any less, but yeah. it's the one gripe I, I have as, as, in terms of that, the club at that time, that nobody had the, the nous to have the difficult conversation, because I would have the difficult conversation whether it was right or wrong with them. That's how I, I felt. Yeah, that's crazy. And it was Danny that rang me. He was like, oh, they want to say Phil. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, wow. I was like, okay. But I love Danny. I respected him, you know? So, and Danny could, he, because he knew me so well, he could talk some sense into me if I was angry or whatever, you know? And I was like, Danny, I don't really want to do it because nobody's not said that. I said, you're the player liaison. You're telling me this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you've got to do it. So he kind of, if it weren't for Danny, I probably wouldn't have gone back then. Do you know what? Thankful I did because people that obviously it was the last game of the season but the reception I got and stuff like that I, I appreciate it do you need that like yeah. you need to know that you're you were loved by a club like you yeah. don't you put your heart and soul on the line on it yeah alright um, I'm gonna ask a, a harsh question mm. 
Do you think mm. you were seen as a bad boy in football? 100%. <laughs> Why? Your own thoughts. I don't, I never shade behind like trying to beat around the bush. Like, I was one of those people that I was, for me, I felt I was true to my roots. I'd always be with my friends. Like my friends and my friends, I didn't leave like, you know, like they say this old typical thing. I know it's probably not so much in football, like, but you hear a lot of rappers or American people talk about Ah, uh, you can't forget the hood. You can't say that. I'm not saying I've, I forgot the hood because I wouldn't live there. Yeah. I wasn't around that. But my friends that was from there, that was my friends. They're still my friends to this day and I'd always be with them. And I would, as much as it was only probably when I went to Crystal Palace, I started to go out with my football teammates. I never really used to do that. That's crazy. But I'd always, like, holidays, I think, holidays I probably went twice with football people. Three times, I think. And the rest of just all the boys. I'd always go with my friends. Always. My friends, my brothers, my cousins, we'd all go. Do you know what I mean? That's, like, that's a whole flight, man. Yeah. We should be, <laughs> be sometimes. I think one time Wilf was there. Wilf was there as well. One time there must have been, I'm not lying to you, there must have been IB for there must have been 45 of us. See, I'm not enjoying it. I see 45, 45 men in one group. I, I, like, I, I didn't enjoy it. I'm like, I've got to go, one, man. <laughs> no, I bet it was one day we went and I was like, I looked and I was like, this is mad. <laughs> It weren't, it weren't actually that, that, that one time that we went to Ibiza, I was like, this is crazy. Walking down the ship, there's like 45 people. Everyone's just walking up and down. Then you go down to, <clears throat> it was in Ibiza we was. We went down to buy a jet apartment. <laughs> then there's, everyone's from Croydon's there. So oh, then I start yeah, to see yeah. everyone. I'm like, <laughs> then there's these other 45 I'm with. I'm like, so standing up, you look at it and there's like 100, there's 100 people from your area. I'm like, this is just crazy. I'm like, I want to go home. I might as well just went carnival. Like, yeah, you might as well went carnival. You might as well went carnival. That's the, 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 the carnival just went from Croydon to Ibiza. Do you know what? I'm going to agree. You were seen as a... Because I've seen you growing up watching summer ball, like playing summer ball against you and stuff. It's like you weren't one, per, weren't one of the people you, should, you could like mess with. But you gave off that impression. And an example I'm going to give is you're a prem footballer having mm. fisticuffs outside a nightclub and getting community service. Yeah, that, but do you know what? Again, like people look at that is like, see me. I'm a, this is because because there was a difficult conversation I had with Roy Hudson, and he couldn't understand it when I went in. Is I'm a kind of person is like, if you do wrong, stand up and be owned to your wrong you've done. Yeah. Like, like we all make mistakes. We can all go in different ways, but no one don't realize that actually happened with someone trying to hit my missus. Okay. Now, see, I didn't know that. I don't I, look. I don't want to portray that you should go around hitting people yeah. and all this stuff, but I was a kid that grew up to defend yourself. That's just how I grew yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else is different, right? And in my eyes, as far as I'm concerned, I defended myself and my family. That's the way I see it. Okay, I took the brunt of it. I got the community service. Natural, because you're a Premier League yeah, footballer. Yeah. You shouldn't be seen to be doing that. I understand Throw the that. book at you, innit? Yeah, yeah, they're going to throw the book at you. And this just shows how much they threw the book. You don't go to a magistrate's court and they send a district judge that tells you already what they're trying to do yeah, to you. Because yeah. when you go to a magistrate's court, they should give you three judges. Yeah, yeah. They brought a district judge just to basically give me the maximum punishment they could. Wow. Do you understand what I mean? <clears throat> so already I was tainted with that, which is no problem. That's, 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 that's my own fault for making that own mistake. But I owned it and I said to Roy, I'm not, I'm not, I'll own it. I've got no problem with it. I made the mistake in terms of you've been arrested, you've been caught X, Y, Z, but I'll own it. Yeah. And I won't have no shame from it. I defended myself and what I defended my family. 
Some people say it's wrong. Some people say it's right. In my eyes, how I grew up, it's right. Yeah. yeah. But see all of that. That's not put in the papers. All it is is yeah. footballer, fight, community yeah, of service. Course. Of course. doesn't Because it's like Michael. I watched uh, off topic. I watched the, Michael Jordan's mum said to him, there's, there's no news better than negative news. Yeah. It sells, isn't it? Yeah. Like, even like, see that news. Even people that they say that they know you, they're your friends, they're from your area, they're laughing, joking, they're happy that's happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you're going to get the hate comes from everywhere. And normally the hate comes from people that's close. Close, yeah. And that leads on to my next question. Mm. Throughout the whole career, mm. the highs, the, like, let's say the heights, did you have friends that were just around for the ride, like, just there for the nights out, the dinners, the holidays? Listen, and I know I'm in where I am now, but coming here, took me out of that bubble that you're in. You don't realise it when you're a Premier League footballer. Probably more so because I was at my home in London and stuff like that. Yeah. You are in a bubble and you live in that bubble of that West End lifestyle, all that sort of stuff. Friends that always calling you Friday, Saturday, oh, where are you going? What are you doing? And then when you come out of that, you realise who really was your friend. Yeah. And I've realised that now. And, and you know what? I don't like to say that I'm always correct, but I've seen it where... All my friends that are my friends, they've been here to see more. And those people that might watch this, they know who they are. And they don't need to prove their worth to miss friendship. Yeah. And the people that didn't come, I knew you wasn't really my friend anyway. <laughs> do you get do you, Yeah, they know who they are. Yeah, they know who yeah. they are. But it's not even like, you're not down here. Like, mm. this is this place is sick. Like, yeah. I've only seen the party side of, mm. you've, given, you've given us a tour of the whole island, basically. Yeah. And it's like, Who's got your back when yeah. you're not in yeah. the limelight anymore? Do you know what I'm saying? It shows and, you the, 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 but it's, for me, it shows you the people that was there just for the limelight. Yeah. They was getting their own limelight. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. to you? Yeah. Like, uh, just to give example, there's some people I used to have a box. When I first went to Paris, I had a box, right? Now, that box could only fit 10 people in. Now, obviously, I used to have always my family and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Like, my missus, because my missus used to sit in the, with the kids in the, the family box that the club provided. Yeah. Now, and you start to see changes then. And you start to see it. Because I was like, the next scene, there's no point in me getting a box. I said, what I might as well do, the money I paid for the box, I might as well buy. Because what I'd done at the start of the season, instead of having a box the next season, what yeah. I might as well do is buy 10 season tickets at the start. So I know I've got those tickets. I can give them to whoever. Yeah, your family's are still in the box. Yeah. That means everyone can Yeah, so there. like, my mum and all that, if my, say, when you've got the family box, if your mum comes or my nan comes, I'd put them in that box. Because yeah, yeah. my nan's a bit older than my mum. But everybody else, I'd get them tickets. When the box went and you start to see those people don't come, you start to realise, oh, you're just trying to chase the lifestyle. You're yes, see what you're yeah. trying to do. Do you know what I mean? Um, you've got to live because your career isn't long. Yeah, of course. Like, you're winding down now. Mm. But obviously, you've, you've still got the head to play. Yeah. But you've got to live. No, you've got... You took, like, for me, I would never, like... The only thing I say to footballers is, is go and enjoy yourself. Enjoy the good moments. Do what you're doing. Be careful what you're doing. Yeah. Have the right people around you because you never know like when people are trying to shaft you or whatever. Have yeah. the right people around you and enjoy it because you know it is like, okay, I'm still playing football now, but you realise that bubble will die soon. And if you're one of these people that needs to live in the bubble, that loves the life of the bubble, <laughs> you're in trouble. you will struggle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So now you're in this part of your career. We're going to expose you're in Cyprus. Mm. Surely before you came here, there must have been a few good offers in England. You know what it was? It's coming off the back of the Huddersfield, Huddersfield um, move. I was like, I don't really want to go away from home again. Yeah. Because I don't forget, my, do my daughter was 
my, yeah, my middle daughter was three. Okay, yeah. And I come home from Huddersfield once and I went to go back up there and she said to me, why have you got to go to that place again? Now, my middle daughter, she don't speak. She's quiet. <laughs> she's not really like, she don't, she's not outgoing. She don't really involve herself in people's business. She just more watches. Yeah. Do you understand me? She's more watcher. And when she said that to me, I was like, oh boy, it hit home. Do you understand what I mean? Like, she's thinking about it. She's seen that there's a difference in like, what's going on. So I was like, I don't really want to do that again. And then there were some options that come, but again, it meant like, not being funny, I'm in London. I live in London. Going to play for a team in Manchester or Birmingham. I'm away four or five nights yeah, a week. Yeah. It becomes strenuous. So you I miss like, a lot as well. You miss a lot. And your kids are growing up and I was like, am I going to go and move my family there for one or two years? No. And then when the Cyprus thing come, I told my kids and my kids started crying because they was happy because they got Cypriot friends. Yeah, okay. So they, they understand wow. the culture a little bit, you know. <laughs> and then uh, when I say, when I, since I've come, I've never looked back. You're like Paphos has been fantastic. Brilliant place for the kids' family and it was a Paphos great club. How different is the standard of football from England? Like, have you come here thinking... I'm going to walk through everyone. Or have you come here and like your eyes have been open? No, it's not easy because you, you, if you come here with some sort of status, they target you. Yeah. Naturally. Okay, okay, yeah. Because they, they, they're looking at you that, right, this player is of this level. So, right, we need to make sure that we need to, just like normal, kick him, target him, <laughs> the referees, wherever it may yeah. be. But the standard generally is it will catch you by surprise because it's technically a very good league. Technically, and it's, it's improved a lot since I've been here in the last three years, three and a half seasons. And it's improving more because they're bringing more and more, obviously, foreign players yeah. and it's improving. That's, that's, that's sick. Do you... I'm a big, big, big believer in culture. Like, I've taken my daughter already. My daughter's too. I've taken her back to Uganda and stuff like that. Are you worried that your, your kids may miss out slightly on their culture? Because you, nah. can't, you can't get a... A jerk and rice and peas out here and stuff no, like that. No, but dad will cook that for them. <laughs> dad will cook that for them. They, 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 look, is again, then you've got to look at it in a different way. It's like, as to how I grew up, my kids are not going to grow up. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Living back in the UK, I didn't live like on a council road. My kids didn't live like council road, council estate, housing estate. My kids don't live like that. They didn't yeah. live like that back in the UK. My kids didn't have neighbours back home. They can't go to the neighbour back home and knock for milk. Because like, I for your house as well, yeah? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, we don't, no, but I'm saying is, is even where I live like that, yeah. back in the UK, you don't have a neighbour to go and knock and say, gonna go and have milk. Okay, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. The people don't think like that. It's not like when I grew up, my mum would say, right, run next door, run to the, the sweet shop and go and get me some milk and yeah. tell him I'll pay him later. Okay. You had that community vibe. Yeah, yeah. My kids didn't grow up like that. So they, they're, all right, they're going to lose some cultural issues, but they're going to gain so much because I don't want my kids to be in, I don't want my kids to see the things that I saw. No, I don't yeah. even want them to probably see 10% of the things I saw. I can respect that. And I, I have to fight that. Do I want my kid to grow up as I'm gonna, a niche mm. in a good area and stuff? Or do I want them to have be street smart? You just got to teach your kids and trust them to... Look, you got, you got to look at this. Like you said, you're from Uganda, yeah? Uganda is your culture. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you grew up, but I'm, you, I know that you're from a certain area, yeah, right? Yeah. So your child is not going to grow up how you grow yeah, up. Facts, facts, facts. You're they doing should, yeah. whatever you're doing to make sure they don't grow up like that. And that is my job as a parent. You know, is I've, my kids have been Jamaica. Do you understand what I mean? So they, um, yeah. they've seen their culture yeah. to that. 
that's the best culture I'm going to show them and only what I'm maybe showing them at home. Yeah. I don't okay. want them to see anything else. Facts. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. What I, mean? I don't want my, do you think I want my daughter to know what it's like to go on a bus and say you've got to jump the bus without paying for the bus ticket? Like, they're the trials and tribulations yeah. we had as kids. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's phones in the world now. There's so many different, different things. Yeah. You got to go, when we were kids, like, not being funny, if you weren't over like a certain stature or around certain people, you go to the mall and hide your phone. Yeah, he's a victim, yeah. Like, God knows what it's like back now. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm a local boy, I'm from Croydon. You're sitting there worried about your, your child, your child's going Croydon on a Saturday saying, I'm going shopping. How do you know what's happening now? Is how do you know if your kid's coming back? Do you know what I mean? Well, I've never, I've never had it put like that. To be fair, like, it is. Yeah. So what's the, what's the plan after ball? Well, look. To be honest with you, it's well. Obviously, halfway through the season now. Well, not nearly finished the season now. I've done my coaching badges. I want to try and have a go of the coaching here. So I think it'll be easier to get into my family settled here, so yeah. I can try it here. And I want to try the coaching and hope that that does go in the right way, but you never know. I, I might get into it and be like, you know what? I don't know. I'm not worried about doing anything else after that. There's TV work. There's so many things you can do in football now, some avenues. Yeah. But the most important thing is I want to try the coaching because a lot of coaches have said to me in my later years of career that they think I should do it. So. Nah, go for it, man. Go for mm. it, man. But Jason, thank you for sharing your story, man. Thank you for having us here. Yes. Yeah, man, it's been a pleasure. Long time coming. Nah, long time, long time. Thank you, though, man. Thank yes, you. Yes, bro. Exactly.